Welcome to New Generation Church with Pastor Eddie Medina. As we get into the word this morning, if you have your Bibles with me, if you'll go with me to Hebrews. Chapter 13, verse 5. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many know that God has been so good? Amen. And God is faithful. And God is with us. Amen. And our trust has to be in the Lord. A hundred percent, church. Amen. Our trust has to be in the Lord. A hundred percent. God never fails. And he will never fail. That's guaranteed. So, in Hebrews chapter 13, it reads, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Then I love verse 6. So we can say, with confidence, we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. How many believe that? The Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Notice he says, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Amen. So that's why we trust God all the way, church. Amen. God is good, church. Hallelujah. So church, um, today's message that I want to start is, We never, never forget God's blessing. And I love how the writer, he says, don't love money. Now, we got to make sure to know that there is nothing wrong with money. Amen? Money... 
to a certain point solves things. So nothing wrong with having money. Amen. Nothing wrong to be blessed. And there's different translations. And I'll share a few that say, like one of them, the New King James Version says, let not your conduct be without covetousness. Another translation says, keep your lives free from the love of money. Another one says, do not be carried away by the love of money. The NASB says, make sure that your character is free from the love of money. So money in itself, it's a blessing. But hear me right, he says, don't love money. That's where the issue is, the problem, is when we start loving money. Amen? So just hear me what I'm showing right here. He says, don't love money, be satisfied. With what you have. That is not to say that you can never progress. That is not to say you can never prosper. And when you study the word prosper, it always speaks about advancing forward or moving forward. The word prosper. So there's nothing wrong prospering or moving forward or moving ahead so when he says be satisfied with what you have is that the in the meantime don't complain don't blame is be satisfied with what you have there's i mean if you go down the list there's so much to be grateful for Amen? Your life, your family, your spiritual life, your home, your daily bread, your vehicle, your bank account. Praise God. I mean, be satisfied with what you have. Be content with what you have. Now, even in the Gospels, Jesus said this, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, okay? Luke 12, 15, he said, be aware, guard against every kind of greed. Other translations uses the word covetousness. Guard against every kind of greed. 
Be satisfied, be content with what you have. Many times we desire, we want more, and we want more, but many times it's not our time yet. And we want more, and many times we want things that other people have. But it's not our time yet. But in the meantime, be grateful, be satisfied, be content with what you have. And how can that happen? That, that simply is because we have a relationship with the provider, with God. That God is our source and will continue to be our source when we have it or when we don't have it. God is our source. God is our provider. And, and Jesus, he says, guard against every kind of greed. And then he says, life, he's speaking about the life right now on earth. He says, life is not measured by how much you own. That's why, you know, you see people, they think, they, they may, people measure their lives by supposedly how much they have. Even, you know, you know, because I've, I've, I've read them, I've listened to them, I've watched them. There's a saying that goes, they say that, fake it till you make it. So basically is that, you know, business people, not all of them, some, or that they're trying to get to the top, they'll, they'll rent a certain car and put it out there so that be, people can believe that they're there already. Why? Because it's going to attract to subscribe to them or to be part of their group because they see someone that has so many things and they want to get there or they want to be like him. And people, that's how they measure their, their life. Supposedly by having everything, but Jesus, he says, life is not measured by how much you own. Life is not measured by how much you own. Now, again, there's nothing wrong. If you have much, praise God. Amen? God has been good. But don't measure your life off that. Don't think that because, you know, oh, I got this or, or to I get to this, you know, I haven't made it. It doesn't work that way. And as we go down, you're going to understand what I'm saying. When Paul was talking to young Timothy, he says that part of being a deacon or let's say a leader in the church, he even said this, that they must not be people who love money. There's that word again, love money, because when you love money, it will distract you. It will distract you of your relationship with God, which is the most important thing. It will distract you of everything else 
Because you are measuring your life out of that. Oh, I need to get this. Oh, I need to get that. People will think different of me. They will see me different. If I get this car or I get this house or I get a certain brand of my clothing, people will think different. Don't measure your life off that. Again, nothing wrong. And as we go down, we're going to see. The Bible says also in 1 Timothy 6.10, it says this. For the love of money. So, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So, money is not evil, which some of you already know that. Money is not evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds. It doesn't say just one. It says of all kinds of evil. And then he says, Paul tells Timothy, he says, and some people are craving for money. And look what he says. Those that are craving for money have wandered from the true faith. In other words, they've gone astray from the true faith and pierced themselves with many. There it is. Look what he says. And have pierced themselves with many sorrows. And it's always been proven, church. It's always been proven. People who love money. Little by little, they began to what? Astray themselves. And then come many sorrows in their life. That's why there's people they can't handle money. That's why, you know, lottery winners. Millions of dollars within less than a year, many of them, they lose it all. Even Jesus taught, if you can't be faithful with little, how do you expect to have much more? And there's many sorrows. The writer of Hebrew, he says, don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. Be grateful, appreciate what you have. Enjoy what you have. Thank God we have a job, but our job is not a provider. God is our provider. God is our source. And we're going to, I'm going to say it again. We're going to see that right now. God is our source. God is our provider. God is the one that Blesses me and blesses you. Everything you have that I have, God owns everything. Everything belongs to God. Might as well steward it well. You know, it's funny that people, and, and those type of people, you just got to listen to them. They, some will go as far as say, you know, you know it's me. 
It's my brains. It's my education. Even now, as the years are going, even now, they'll tell you. You could go get all the education, all the brains. And let's just put it this way. But, but if you're not, if you don't get along with people, you don't love people, you don't know how to respect people, I, I can assure you they'll get someone that might not be educated, but they have the heart. That one was free. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, 19. Now, now, look what he says. This is where I want to get to. He says, teach those who are rich in this world, because there is rich people, not to be proud. Don't be proud because you got riches. Not to be proud and not to trust in their money. You, you know, you got people, let's just say if you want to call it the rich or they're very prosperous, he, he says don't trust in their money. Don't trust in your money. There's people that trust in their money. I'm going to say it again. There's people that trust in their money. No, we're called, according to the Bible, we're supposed to trust God with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And he says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. How many people have lost jobs? Either way, however you want to call it. If you say, well, it wasn't me, it was them, or the company shut down, or the government shut it down. However you want to call it, it, it anytime soon it could be unreliable. But with God, you can always rely on God. In God's kingdom, we can rely on God. Hear me, church. God never runs out of sources. He owns everything. And he says, Paul tells, he says, Timothy, tell them. He says, tell them. Their trust should be in God. That's in the Bible. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. Their trust should be in God. Church, I just want to encourage you. Your, your trust has to be in God. Their trust should be in God who richly, he's speaking of God now, who richly gives us all we need. Did you get that? God gives us all we need for our enjoyment. God gives us everything. He's the provider. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who will provide. And then he, 
He tells Timothy also, I mean, nothing is escaping. For those people, the rich or those who put their trust, who love money, he tells them, he says, tell them to use their money to do good. Now, let me ask you a question, church. What do you do with your money? He says, tell them to use their money to do good. You know, that you know, God, God blesses you, church, to be a blessing. God blesses you to be a blessing. However you want to put it, God blesses you to be a blessing. And why is that? Because in the first place, God is the one that blesses you. Secondly, when you bless, God always gives you back. You never, you will never, never, never lose with God. Never. In our natural thinking, in our own way of thinking, in our selfish way of thinking, we think that if I give, I'm going to lose. I'm going to run out. When I listen, you know, anything financial education, people that put money in their 401k, you know, even, even the successful people, even those who study that tell you, they're even telling you, you know what, don't even put your trust in that. Because the way things are going, you could lose all of it. So put your trust in God. Right, you guys are staying quiet on me. And he says this, they should be rich in good works. Be rich in good works. Do, if you're saying that God, that you know, or you're blessed, I mean, God has blessed you. He says, do good works. Bless, you know, your people, bless the church, bless those in need. Do good works. We already know that good works doesn't give you salvation. Grace, it's the grace of God that we are saved by. But the Bible does teach that we are called to do good works. And if God has blessed me so much, let's, let's do good works for his glory and honor. And he says, do good works. And generous to those in need. Be surprised, there's people that are very blessed and they will never help or they will never be generous with those in need. He says, always be ready to share with others. Always be ready. I mean, God's giving you so much seed. Always be ready. It doesn't say the amount. It just says, always be ready to share with others. Share the blessing. Be a blessing. Quit being those that you, you always want to be the one to be blessed. You bless too. You know, there's, I, I laugh at people because they try to be sneaky sometimes. Be a blessing. Hallelujah. 
He says, by doing this, they will be storing up treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. And you know why? Because all because your trust is in God. God has blessed you and he's blessing you and he blesses you and you give back. And God blesses you and you give back. Now, church, don't don't get it wrong here. That, that doesn't mean you don't pay bills. Amen. That doesn't mean you're not you, you got to put pay gas or it doesn't mean, you know, um, whatever. You, you got to do all that, too. But that's where the word stewardship comes in. You got to know where your money is going. But the key is to always put God first, give God first. Did you hear that? You give to God what belongs to God, then you steward, steward well the rest. Second Timothy 3.2 says, For people will love only themselves and their money. There's people like that church that they only, they, they love themselves and their money. All their money, they, it just goes to them. But I'll tell you this, though. Many of them live sad, empty, depressed. They try to show it that they're not, but inside they're empty. Miserable. I, you know, I hear stories of you know, like when you're in a conversation and you're talking to someone and someone will give a story of somebody else and then somebody else. And, and this is what you hear all this all the time. People that hear me out what I'm going to say. People that make good money. Good money. But they don't have no money. And you know why? Because they are lovers of themselves. All their money goes to their vehicles. Houses, everything, even themselves, body-wise. All their money. Uh, don't look at me funny. I, I know what I'm, I'm preaching. All their money. And, and, but, but look, 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 and I said it without their, but look what happens. They're working and they're working hard putting overtime and working and working and working and they're never satisfied. They're empty. They're empty. They are lovers of themselves. Now, there's nothing wrong if, if you want to buy yourself a nice car, you want to look nice, you want to look cute, pretty, handsome. Nothing wrong with that, but according to the Bible, give to God first. Not that, you know, you could do whatever you want with your money. But if you want to live a blessed life, like the Bible says, God makes one rich and he adds no sorrow. See, I want to live a blessed life, but not live a sorrow life. 
He says, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud. And look what he says, even scuffing at God. Disrespecting. Disobedient to their parents. And ungrateful. It don't matter, hear me, church. Somehow, some way, honor your parents. He says, they will consider nothing sacred. They don't care about holiness. They don't care about living right. They don't care about, you know, they just, all they do is they just worry about themselves. They don't care about their parents. They don't care about anything else. They're not, they're not grateful. They're not even grateful that, that God used their parents to come to this world. You know, it's true, church. Regardless, you know, my dad wasn't there. My mom wasn't there. You know, whatever, it is, whatever your case is. But at the end of the day, God used them for you to come to this world. I know maybe for some of you, maybe, you know, it's been hard or, you know, something very difficult. But you can't live your life like that all, all the years, you know, all your life. It's not going to get you anywhere. You're just going to be like a prisoner in a cell. You're not, you know, you don't even enjoy your walk with God because you're just thinking about what happened 20, 30, 40 years ago. Give the Lord a clap offering, church. So he says, I'm back at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. Then he says, for God has said, who said God? Not the president, not the government, not your supervisor, not the church, not the pastor. Said, for God has said, I will never fail you. Did you get that church? I will never fail you. Be content, church, in the meantime, with what you have. And if you don't like your lifestyle right now, let's change it. Let's take responsibility. Let's get hungry for God. Start doing your homework. Why am I in this place right now? Maybe you need to sow. Maybe, you know, I don't know. But in the meantime, we, we got to be content with what we have. I mean, think about it. How, how am I going to not be content and complain and blame just to say, well, you know, um, this big gut right here doesn't want to, I'm tired of it. It's in, it's in the way. I, I, I can't see my shoes. I, I got to take responsibility. 
The reason I'm using that is because I didn't want to use any other illustration because then people get offended. Take responsibility. Maybe walk more, eat less, more water. I'm just, just giving examples, and I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a trainer. You, you know what I'm saying? So it, it would seem awful me. I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys at a fellowship, or you're at my home, or we're at a restaurant, and all I do is just, just complaining about my, my gut. Eh, that's my topic all the time. Just complaining. Doesn't want to go down. I got five rows. Love handles. You know what I'm saying? But the, the thing is, is that you're not going to do nothing about it. You might give me a word of encouragement. You might be there for me. But I got I to gotta take responsibility. Does that mean, and that doesn't mean God doesn't love me. God loves me. There's no doubt God loves me. And God takes care of me. But I got to do some, some of my own part. And it's the same thing, church. Spiritually, financially, mentally, everything. You're not content. You're not, you know, you're not satisfied with what you are. You got to do some changes. But in the meantime, be grateful. Thank God that we're still here. Thank God that, I mean, you can praise God. Contentment is a wonderful gift from God. Look what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 9.8. And God will generously provide. Who? God. And God will generously provide all you need. 2 Corinthians 9.8, New Living Translation. God will generously. How many know that God is a generous God? I mean, with all due respect, there might be, but... Sometimes supervisor managers, they don't want to give a raise. They're not generous. But God is generous. How many know that God can surpass a manager, a supervisor, or an owner? God can surpass. You didn't get it. God can give you favor. God can give you grace. God can put you in the front of the line. That's why he says, and God will generously provide all you need. He says, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over. Did you get that? You see how God works? God will always give you everything you need and plenty Left over for what to hoard it? No, see a lot of hear me, church. Many times we say, Oh, I got more, I got left. It's not to hoard it. The Bible says you get plenty left over to share. You're not gonna like this part to share 
with others. To share with others. How many times, church, has God has surprisingly blessed you? I mean, he just came through. But you didn't give back to the Lord. You didn't share with the Lord. Knowing that he's the one that provided it, he blessed you. God gave you favor. Hallelujah. He says, for God has said, I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. That's Hebrews 13 verse 5. He will never abandon church. God will never abandon you. God will never abandon you. Let me ask you, if you're a father, I'm gonna, you will never abandon your children. And Jesus says, and us being evil, man, how much your heavenly father, he will never, never abandon you. Look at Paul. Paul, now Paul, the apostle Paul, this man, a wise man, a man of God, who loved God, wrote many letters, epistles. While being in prison, who had an encounter with Jesus, he wrote many wise words. And this is what he says to the Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 and 12. Now, he's in prison, okay? He's in prison. It's not a pretty place. And look what he says. How I praise the Lord. He says, look what he's saying. That you are concerned about me again. He's telling the Philippi people from the Philippians. He says, I praise God because of your concern about me. He says, again. He says, I know you have always been concerned for me. But you didn't have a chance to help me. So what he's saying is that the church from Philippi, they wanted to help Paul. They wanted to be a blessing to Paul, but they didn't have a chance to help him. And then look what he says. Not that I was ever in need. He says, for I, now he's speaking for himself, for I have learned how, there's that word again, I have learned how to be content, satisfied with whatever I have. Now, again, he's in prison. Many of us were in our house. You have a roof. You have AC. You have bread, food. You have a job. And many times you have those that are not content and they're not grateful to God. And then he says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. 
I have learned, look what he says, I love this. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Now, do you know the secret of how to live for the Lord in every situation? Can you praise God? Can you worship God? Can you still live for Jesus? Can you still praise God? Can you still share with others about Jesus in any situation? You'd be surprised, church, how people shut down. People shut down. Especially when they, there is no money. People shut down. They're not the same no more. All Jesus left. One of the things that I would always, because that was for everybody. Even to this day when I, when I used to work out there in the, the field, what I mean field is my work outside of church. People would be drinking monsters, rock stars. By Thursday, because they needed a booster. But when Friday came and it was payday, everybody was happy. Happy. And, and many times you'd be generous. But by Tuesday, Wednesday, when the money was gone, everything changed. Their face change. No more good morning. No more talking to you. No more being generous. I'm just going to read another scripture and I'm going to finish. I'm not going to finish today, but we're going to continue on this topic of. He says. I know how to live on almost anything or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is, look what he says, whether it is with a full stomach or empty. That's heavy. With plenty or little. More are, people are more content with the full stomach. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through 10. And I finish with the scripture. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Wow. In other words, when you are truly surrendered to the Lord and you live for the Lord, you walk with the Lord. With contentment, he says, that's great wealth. Why? Because one, you don't fear nothing. Because you have a strong relationship with God. And you already know that he hasn't failed you. He's never abandoned you. 
You already know how God has come through, how God has provided. When you go back to your history, you go down your history books, you see all the times how God showed up. That's why you are content in the present. You are satisfied. That's why he says, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. He says, and then look what he says. I like what Paul says. He says, look, don't get it all twisted. Look what he says. After all, we brought nothing with us. Did you know that? None of us brought nothing to this world. He says, when we came into the world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. You know that you can't take anything with you. Your, your mansion ain't going with you. Your boat ain't going with you. Your car. Nothing. Your cannons. Nothing's going with you. You've never seen a hearse carrying, pulling something. I did read once, so once. A person, they buried, they buried the person with his car. But it was just buried. He didn't take it with them. <laughs> Look, we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food, come on church, be content. You know, maybe you're, 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 maybe you're in the noodles right now. I don't know. Maybe you're in the steaks. Be content. Praise God. Hallelujah. Maybe it's not Cocoa Krispies. Maybe it's Cheerios right now. Be content. That doesn't mean God can't bless you and give you more. But be content. Be grateful. Thank God. He's with you. That you enjoy his presence more. You enjoy his mercy, his love. He says, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation. Did you get that? Fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires. You know, and I've seen this church. People, many, even in the church, people start making money and more money. And more people start... They, they think they're on another level and it goes through their head and people start making foolish mistakes they think they're on top of the world how it says are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the truth, faith, and pierced themselves with many sorrows. That's why Jesus said you can't serve.
two masters. You can't serve two masters. There's got to be a balance. Do you hear me, church? There's got to be a balance. And all of this, God is so good, church. And I'm excited for the future. We are a church that we do not fear what's ahead in the future. Because God will never leave us or forsake us. And as long as we seek God and God we seek his kingdom, God will add everything that we need. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We think different. Why? Because we think according to the word of God. We don't go by what we see. We don't go by what we feel. We don't go by what we think. We go by what the word of God says. And the law of God never and will never change in the kingdom of God. And I'll stop right there. Next Sunday, I'm going to preach on God never changes his laws. God never changes his laws. If God said he's going to provide, he provides. It's like when you go to the courtroom. The judge knows the law. And if the attorney brings a good case, according to the law, it doesn't matter, you know, how much a person screams or yells or, or who he is. That doesn't change anything. Why? Because it's the law. And if it's written, guess what? He honors it. Same thing with God. God honors his word. God honors his word. Why? Because God is a faithful God. Amen. I'm going to ask you to please stand. Thank you for joining us for today's message at New Generation Church. For more information, visit us at ecngchurch.com.